Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. And now we have a special part brought to you by one of our youth, Genesis, who will be reading a poem. Please give a round of applause. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Um, I hope everybody has had a well morning like I have. Um, I really like that song that we sang towards the end, um, the one that goes, the enemy thought he had me, but Jesus said you are mine, because that really describes my life and what I've been through. Um, about two years ago, I had really bad anxiety and I was just in a really bad place in my life. I had panic attacks that were horrible and at one point I had to go to the hospital because we weren't, I couldn't move my body because whenever you go through something and you have trauma from it, you, you tend to take it to heart and it just really took a toll on my body. But um, I am here today, and I've made it through on a very long journey. <laughs> and I am very happy that God has brought me through, you know, with the hope of heaven before me and the grave behind. Um, I have a poem. Uh, I wrote it. It's an original, and it's called You Can Use Stains. And it's basically on how even if you're going through anxiety and depression or you're stressed out, any one of those, that you can use that to help other people. Like I am today, I'm using my anxiety and I'm giving it as a testimony to help others through their struggles. So it's called, You Can Use Stains for Those Who Can't Get Rid of Their Pain. I know the struggles and I know the pain and I know that all these sorrows have left a huge stain a huge stain on my heart that I can't contain. Don't tell me you have it bad when I have it worse. I swear it's so awful that I often think I'm cursed. But yet, I keep pressing on and I keep pushing through. But sometimes I can't. I can't without pressing. I live my life by being of service with smiles across my face when others don't know that I just need a little bit of space. I need a little bit of help, but not from my friends. I need a little help from my God, the one who mends. He can walk me through my struggles and he can heal my pain, but what's most important is, is that he can help me embrace my new stain. So I just want everybody to know that um, if you're going through anything, that you can just throw it to God and he will catch it for you. He'll take on your burden. Yes, thank you. And now I have the honor to present Pastor Leo Bray, who will be bringing our message today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. This morning, I am continuing Pastor Steve's series on engaging the Holy Spirit with love. And I believe this message will be a blessing. We're in the month of February, and in this month, it's so easy to declare love and affection for someone. Just a few days ago, most of us found someone to declare our love for. 
Growing up as a young boy, I loved this poem. Roses are red, violets are blue. Sugar is sweet, and so is ama. I, I was an expert in saying poems to ama and writing love songs for her in expression of how I felt. But telling someone you love them it's very different from walking in love with them. Love is indeed a process, it's a walk. It does not end when we fall in love. The best thing we can do is not falling in love. There are many people in this church who can testify that at one time or another, someone says, I'm in love with you. And you cannot find them today because falling in love is never gonna be enough. Declaring love is actually just the beginning. There's so much more. Most of us came to the cross, came to church after we had the gospel and we wept and cried at our time of repentance and say, oh Lord Jesus, I love you so much. But it seems that as the days went by, social media, the issues of life began to sway us from the true love of our life the devil has been intentional in attempting to win the love war whilst we sit unconcerned second timothy chapter 3 verse 1 to 5 my first verse it's amazing because as we were happy to just have an experience at the altar the devil went about contending to have your affection and my affection. I read from verse 1, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. But understand this, that in the last days, terrible times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves. I'm going to stop there. I could actually end the message right at this one. In the last days, terrible times will come, and men's affection will be inward after themselves you could come to jesus and you could call yourself a christian and there's a false gospel out there where it seems that we came to christ so i could get a good house so i could get healed so i could have a better life but the message of the gospel is not about you it's about him who died and rose again and so we must understand that the Bible said in the last days, one of the things that we're going to start having to contend with is that men are going to become lovers of themselves. They are going to love themselves above everyone else. You don't need to look far. You can just look, upon, look at the news. People are contending because they are trying to protect their own territory and trying to pursue their own agenda. And the lovers of men is on the rise. The next verse. He says, for men will also be lovers of money. Boastful, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Verse 3 says, unloving. Have you met someone who is just unloving? They are just terrible in every single way. They are mean to the cat. They are mean to the dog. A dog is so cute and so precious. They, they would see the dog and so be upset. They're just unloving. 
It's almost like mankind has so much enjoyed the decay right from the Garden of Eden that now men have become unloving. As I'm talking about this, you can think about someone. You can think about that boss who just hates you for no reason. You can think about that kid in school who always makes it difficult for you. Men have become unloving. You can think about that partner who you are still in marriage with and does not love you. He says, in the last day, terrible times will come. Men will become unloving. He says, they will be without love for good. And they will be lovers of pleasure. All these things in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, ends with saying that they become lovers of pleasure. Seeking after one pleasure or another, rather than becoming lovers of God. Having a form of godliness and denying its power thereof. And the Bible says from such turn aside. I believe the time has come for the church of Jesus Christ to return to the foundation of love and of fiery love for Jesus. It's time for the redeemed of the Lord to say so. Many years ago, I came to church and I heard the song. It's falling in love with Jesus. It's falling in love with Jesus. It's falling in love with Jesus. What's the best thing I've ever, ever done? If you know it, you can sing with us this morning. Falling in love. It's falling in love with Jesus. Men must become lovers of God. Falling in love. Your love must be for God. One more time. Our heart must turn to God and love the things of God again. It's the best thing I've ever done. Yes, it is. Jesus was the best thing I've ever done so said the song but falling in love with Jesus is not the best thing 
you can ever do. Falling in love with Jesus, though it's an emotional and a wonderful experience, falling in love with Jesus will never bring you to walking in love with Jesus. Matthew 24 verse 12. The Bible says that in Matthew 24 verse 12, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will go cold. Many of us, as we begun to sing the song, you remember when you gave your life to Jesus, you remember when you were a new creation, new creation in Christ, and your love for God was so much ablaze. Such deep love you had for the Lord. But today, if we check your love tank, most of us have our love tank running empty. Because iniquity is abounding, the devil is after your love for Jesus, after your love for Jesus, after your love for Jesus, and most of us end up just attending church when our love is running empty. Falling in love with Jesus is just the beginning. It's not the best thing we can ever do. It's time for us to understand that falling in love with Jesus and your love for God will never be enough. For a long time, I was told that, Leo, if you can only love God with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength, and out of my own self-ambition and my own will, I began to say, Lord, I will love you. I love you, Lord, and I'm not going to sin again. <laughs> and then one day I find myself in sin, and the Lord said, what were you saying again? You said you love me? What's happening, Leo? Loving God by your own ambition will never be enough. Out of our own manufacturing of an affection for God, most of us began to pursue God. And we have found out sadly that our love for God is not enough. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 shows us that for us to really love God in a way that love does not fail and that love will run the test of time. The Bible says to Romans 5 verse 5 that the Holy Spirit is the only one who can shed that love of the Father abroad in your heart. What am I saying? I'm saying that if you go to other religions because they say they love their God, they do all kinds of things, but that is not agape. Till our love is agape, born from God, born from the power of the Holy Spirit, you must begin to accept that you loving God will fail you again and again because there are limitations to human love for God. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can surrender to God so that we can actually be like those disciples who love their lives not unto death. Because you hear of the things they went through and you know that perilous times are coming and you are not going to survive. The only key for us to survive in the times coming ahead is to surrender to the Holy Spirit like Romans 5, 5 says and allow the Holy Spirit to shed this love afresh in our hearts. 
if you find your love tank running empty it's time to come back to God and say God my love is getting empty Lord Lord I do not love like I used to I do not love you like I used to I do not love your people like I used to I do not love your work like I used to Lord and you need to cry to God and say, Lord, shed abroad the love of the Father abroad in my heart. Loving God is so different from the love of God. And we need this back in the church. The compassion, compassion, compassion is the evidence when God's love is shed abroad in our hearts. Not our own selfish desires and ambition. There is a need, there is a need, there is a need for a heart transplant today in the church. There are so many who come to church out of the attempt to reach God. But I'm here to tell you, this walk of faith is not your attempt to reach God. It's God's active work to reach you. We love him because he first loved us. 1 John 4, 19. So for a man to love God, he must have the love of the father shed abroad in his heart. Because he needs the same kind of love. He needs agape to become the engine behind everything he does. So you, if you begin to pursue walking after God and it's all about God, this is because I, 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 I'm trying to do something. God is saying that, that we love him because he first loved us. So with the overflow of the love of God, we begin to walk with the father in love. For us to walk with God in love, in the type of love that will not fail, we need the Holy Spirit to become the source of true love in our lives. We need the love of God so much in our lives because without us having the love of the Father shed abroad in our hearts, we cannot trust God. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. If you can project Psalm 20 verse 7. Many Christians say they love God. But very few Christians will dare trust God. In Psalm 20 verse 7 he says some trust in chariots. I don't know about you but he says, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will trust or remember the name of the Lord. The Lord is looking for a generation of people who don't use their mouths to say, I love God, when they do not trust God. And so, most of us have our trust in many other things except the Lord. Your trust might be in that nice eight to five job you got. Your trust might be in the stock exchange. Your trust actually might be because you're a Republican waiting for Trump to come back to power so that all things will become fine. The Bible says some trust in chariots. They are putting their trust in a man. And the Bible said curse is he who puts his trust in a man. If indeed we love the Lord... We must be willing to subscribe to trusting in. So true love for God births complete trust and dependence on God. This is true Christianity. It's not powdering up and coming to church on Sunday. 
our love for him bets trust. If you're married in this place and your partner says, I love you, but I don't trust you, what comes to your mind? <laughs> what kind of love is that? Most of us say we love the Lord, but the Lord would ask us to do stuff. And he says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. And the Lord is asking you to do things and you're refusing to do those things. It's not because of anything. It's because we do not trust him. How much are you willing to trust God in the coming crisis? There is a crisis on the horizon there is perilous times. The Bible has promised this in Matthew 24. There is perilous times coming. Who will you put your trust in? Some of us are trusting financial systems. Those financial systems will fail. We were all here in the midst of COVID-19 where some people had to give up their jobs because they would not get a jab. So if your trust for dependence and providing your family was on that job, believe me, you would not be here today. Those who put their trust in the Lord made it through COVID-19 and came back stronger. Now, the Bible says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Our complete trust in God is the only assurance of true victory for each one of us. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end thereof is death. Most of us are trusting the wrong people. We are trusting the wrong systems. We are trusting the wrong strategies. And therefore, we are leading in a way that brings death and destruction. This morning, I want to encourage you, people of God, if you say Jesus is your Lord, it's time to trust him with all your heart because he says, I know the plans I have for you. It's very easy for the church to say, I trust God, but not take time to discover what plan, what way the Lord has for us. If we indeed love the Lord, we would take time to discover what are you going to do, Lord? What are you thinking about? What's on your heart, Lord? The Lord has plans for us, but very few ever take time to discover what his plans are. God's ways are his standards and operation guide for everything we do on earth. It's time for there to be a new generation of Christians who desire to seek out God's ways and God's plans because they trust him with all their heart. It's not enough to come to church every Sunday. It's not enough to come to church and give a good offering. God is calling his church. God is calling his bride. God is calling his army to 24 hours a day, seven days a week, seek out his plans and his purposes, which he has for his li life. The Hebrew word yada means to know, to discover, and to observe. One of the things that happened in ancient Israel is that David would actually, when he had to fight a battle, he would request for something called the effort. And with the effort, what he would do is that even though it was supposed to be given just unto priests, he so desired to be in the center of God's will because he trusts God. And so he says, should I pursue or should I not pursue? All nations, I'm here to inform you the time of 
living a lottery system with your life is over. You need to know his will and be in the center of his will. And to be in the center of his will, you must be willing to discover his will. The word yada means to know. It's time for believers not to be okay guessing what the will of God is. You must know that you know that you know that you know that this is what God has told me to do. We need to begin to know through prayer and seeking his face. Without knowing what God's will is, we will not be able to fulfill the one we say we love. We yada by discovering his will for us, by him directing our paths and through the Bible. People will say, Pastor Leo, but when I read my Bible, I can see what God wants. So I yada, I know, I know. Knowing the will of God is not going to be enough. In the New Testament and in the Old Testament, starting from David, David would use the effort and begin to uh, he used the effort together with the Urim and the Tumim. And what would happen is that there were stones on, uh, on the garment. And what would happen is as he began to inquire from the Lord, the glory of God will begin to shine upon these holy stones and spell out a message. So what would happen is that David will go through the process of dokimazo, testing what he is knowing. There are many voices speaking on the internet. There are many people saying this is what God wants done. There are many people saying this is the will of God. This is one prophetic word after another. How do we test? How do we prove? How would we seek out what the will of God really is for us? That word is dokimazo, which means to examine thoroughly. How many people want to examine thoroughly what God's will for your life is? I see only two hands here. The other part of the church don't want to know. It's fine. It's just for the lovers. So to dokimazo, we need to have proven steps by which we are able to test what God's will is. If someone came to you as a married woman and said, the Lord spoke to me that you're my wife. What would you do? How do we test the word of the Lord? How do we test when someone says, I believe it's God's will that we should start this business together. The time for the church to guess is over. We need proving steps to test. Growing up in science class, there was something called the litmus test. In the litmus test, when a liquid was placed before us in chemistry, right? You would not know what sort that liquid was. You needed to put something called the litmus paper in that liquid. And if it would turn red, it was acidic. And if it turned blue, it was alkaline. What does that mean? Christians must not be afraid of testing what they perceive the will of God is. Because you will get it wrong sometimes. I say it again. Peter is still new to hearing God's voice. So he has this encounter and Jesus says, who do men say I am? 
And Peter looks to Jesus and says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And all the apostles and the disciples said, oh my God, Peter is so accurate. <laughs> Weeks go by and Jesus is getting ready to fulfill the most important reason he's here on earth. And he turns to his disciples and says, needs be it that I go to the cross. And Peter says, guess what? I know the ways of God. And guess what? I'm hearing a voice. A voice is speaking to me. You do not have to go to the cross. And Jesus turns to him and said, what? Do you not know the will of God concerning me? I need to go to the cross. It is prophesied that I would have to die the death on the cross as they looked upon the curse, the snake, upon the pole, they will be delivered from the power of sin. And he turns to Peter and says, uh-oh, you got it wrong. Be gone from me, Satan. The same vessel who could glean that Jesus was the son of God was about to deceive Jesus. Is it possible that you've been deceived in the past because you did not dokimazo? You didn't examine properly what you felt God was telling you. Some of us quit our jobs when you were not supposed to quit your job. See, you heard a voice of God. God said, I am giving you a new job and you just went to quit your job. Can I come down? Listen to me. What you did not know was God was saying that I was bringing a promotion in a new department for you and you could not talk him it properly. And so many Christians are not properly examining what they hear from God and so are almost becoming a laughing stock. Isaiah hears a prophetic word. There's a, there's a virgin going to be with a child and he dies without seeing that word fulfilled and i'm sure he's almost depressed but jesus would come thousands of years later right and guess what a virgin will be with a child most of us because we do not properly examine and test what god is saying we are making a great shipwreck of our faith we're canceling relationships we are not supposed to cancel you are leaving that church when you were not supposed to leave that church. We're happy you're in our church today. But let this be your last stop. Right. Oh yeah. Because you did not take time to test the spirits. And test what you were receiving. There are too many Christians who are lying on God. And the lies must stop today. You are listening to your own appetites your own desires you come to the pastor pastor god has called me to uh serve in this ministry and it's because you just want to serve as a pastor and you want the 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 the, the, the ambience of being a pastor <laughs> you want to be on tv you want to be on facebook sometimes i watch people on facebook i said man what are you doing here you got no business to be here you're not called so there are other things driving us and we're claiming it is god so I'm going to walk you through quickly proving instruments to properly discern or to dokimazo or to examine the will of God. It's not the message for today. I'm preaching about falling in love with Jesus. But if 
I'm loving Jesus and I'm trusting him. I want to know that, know that I know that it's God I'm following. And so the first one, primary test, primary instrument we're going to use is the word of God. The word of God is one of our primary instruments because of time. Maybe we'll do a, a different teaching. The word of God, the scripture test. If the Bible says no, it's a no. Stop twisting the Bible to say what you want it to mean because you claim an angel appeared to you. Paul speaking, he says that even if an angel does appear and preach another gospel, let him be accursed. Anytime someone rises and begins to claim, this is what God, God wants me to divorce my wife. You have to look at the person three times. And there was silence in the church. Because God's first wish is not divorce. There are situations because of our mistakes. The Bible says, Jesus says, because of the hardness of our heart, God allowed it. But God's first choice is for you guys to work it through. If you were to come to Pastor Steve or come to any of our pastors and you want a divorce, Pastor Steve, what's going to be our first thing we're going to do? We'll try to work it through. That's it. Because that's what the Bible says. So the Bible test, the Bible standard must become the way by which we test the things we're hearing or the things we're discerning to be the will of God. The next one, the spirit test. I believe the Holy Spirit lives in me and lives in you. How many people have the Holy Spirit living in you? One of the ways by which the Holy Spirit will speak to you is that he will guide you through something called the peace umpire. You don't know, but you hear of someone telling you to make a deal and something on your inside does not sit right. It's called the peace empire. The Holy Spirit is prompting you, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. So the peace empire becomes a way by which we are able to work on it. One other test we can look at is the community test. This is why the devil is expert in separating Christians. Because he knows that your community is not afraid of you. If you have a community of friends and family who can't tell you the truth to your face, you have a wrong community. Believers need a community who can look you to the face and say, no, no, no. That's not God. That is why iron sharpens iron and the countenance of man, his friend, and light does not have anything to do with darkness. If everyone in your community does not have the word of God as the standard, they will give you wrong counsel. And so in the day you need to make a strategic decision, guess what? You will make the wrong decision. The day you decided to do that thing. <laughs> your friends who are not believers in your community will be cheering you on. That's why if you're a youth in this church, I'm very concerned on the kind of friends you keep. Because your friends will be a source of community to lead you far from Christ or to lead you to the Lord. So your friend calls you this morning, you know, today is Wednesday, I don't feel like going to church can we go to bowl and just chill? 
And they were like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do it. But if it was one of the youth of all nations church, how many people know what the youth would say? They'll say, no, no, no. We have tested, we have documented what you are saying. It's not the will of God for us to miss church. We are going to go to church. We can go bowling after. This is why community is important. The last thing I'll say about the community test is that most of us demonize our families. But there is someone in your family who God will use to help you to discern the will of God. You need to find that one person. The voice of our fathers, our mothers, our aunties, our uncles, even elderly people, mentors in our community is vital for helping us to discover what the will of God is if we love him. Amen. All right, so you need to build the right community around you. And then maybe the last one for today for that one is the motivation test. Why are you doing what you say God is saying? Some people end up starting churches because they are hurt by another pastor. And so clearly you are starting the church on the wrong foundation and I can tell you it's not the will of God. Can I preach? Can I preach all nations? No, I don't think you're here. Can I preach? Can I say things? You know, one time I was there and I was very offended with someone in, in my community. <laughs> and so I went to see my best friend. I said, you know what? I'm going to draw that line. If he sees me, he got to pass the other way. <laughs> and so the, the person called me and I was not picking the phone. And then my friend said to me, why are you not picking the phone? I said, I'm busy. He said, you're, you're just lying. The reason you're not communicating with this person is you're offended. Repent from your offense and forgive him. The motivation was not that I was busy. It was just because I was offended. There are times where we claim other things as the reason behind what we do. For example, many people do not make time to serve God because they, are, they say they are busy. But they have time for everything else. <laughs> there was a time I was working about 110 hours a week. And I met someone who was working 20 hours a week. And she was always busy. She could not come to church. And I said, tell me again why you can't come to church. So I'm busy. I have children. I, said, I also have children. You don't even have a husband. I have a husband. What, what, what's happening? He said, oh, you know, I'm tired. I'm like, and I realized that the reason she was not coming to church wasn't because she did not have time. It was because church was not important. The number one reason people don't come to church is because they do not prioritize the word of God, which says, do not forsake the gathering of yourself together. Yeah. The number one reason people never have time to serve God it's not because they've not gone to Bible college. It's because they're lazy. I say it again. If you were at work and your boss says, I'm going to give you a pay increase of $30,000. If you can only fulfill this role, what you're going to tell your boss is that, boss, when am I starting? I'm going to get every training that it takes. But if you came to church and we say we need help with the media team. We came to church, we said we need someone to disciple someone. You say, Pastor, you know, I have not been to Bible school before. 
oh, pastor, you know, I, I, I'm just born again, fresh. If pastor was to say that there's a treasure in heaven for all those who labor in Christ, you say, pastor, I want my treasure right here on earth. We do not believe the Bible. If we believe the Bible, we will be passionate about the king and his kingdom. You will desire to do the best you can as long as you have breath. One day, I was with a couple of friends and I was doing ministry. And I, I kept doing the ministry and doing the ministry. And a time came, I relocated from that city. And the Lord said to me, do you now see why it's important to work whilst this day? For the night cometh when no man can work. I'm here to inform you that there are windows of opportunity we have to serve the Lord. There are windows of opportunity to help someone. When we do not take those windows of opportunity, there's a night coming that person will not need that help. There's a night coming that opportunity will be taken away. Oh, and so in this year of the open door, we know God is doing mighty things with families and in our finances, but John 14, 15 says something very interesting as I bring my message to a close. Jesus tends to his disciples and they've been saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you know, <laughs> you're the best. You're the savior of the world. And Jesus tends to them and says, if you love me, if you really, really, really love the Lord, you will obey, you will obey his commandments. Without obedience, our love is not complete. When we refuse to obey the word of God, we do not love the Lord. Simply, no obedience means no love. Most Christians are very good in speaking about their love for God. So they come to church. Oh, I love you. Oh, wow, I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how. And you're crying and you're weeping. And you step out of the church and God says, forgive that one. And say, God, who are you speaking to? Were you there when they hurt me? God says, speak to that one about Jesus. Say, God, my love remains at, oh, how I love. We've been romancing God with words. Listen, even if you are in a relationship and you have a partner who always is talking big of their love for you and are not willing to get up from their bed and go look for a job and take care of you, that partner, his love is questionable. Our love for God, the Bible says, when the love of the Father is shed abroad in our heart, compassion is born. We are filled with the love and the compassion of Jesus, and that love begins to drive us. I'm ending my message. John 3.16. In John 3.16, I'm talking about three effects of our love. We see that the love of God coming upon us, oh, coming upon us will move us into action. God so loved the world that he stayed in heaven. No, 
He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He did something with the love he had. That fiery love burning heart that he came right here on earth to die for you and me. And so the three effects of God's love as I end is that the love of the father would provide and bring us to true repentance don't say you love God and you continue to live in your sin if you indeed love him you will turn away from your sin you will turn away from your darkness you will turn away from the addiction and say because I love you I'm turning away from sin and I'm coming to the cross of Jesus the second effect of the love of God is that we will believe God for our healing because of his love he heals us believe that God loves you so much that he wants to heal you tonight and finally because of his love let his compassion drive you to living a life of serving him living your life of serving him John 21 verse 17 Peter do you love me tonight this morning if you forget everything I preach remember John 21 verse 17 Jesus is knocking speaking to Peter Peter I've rose again from the dead I died and I rose again and now I'm asking you Peter do you love me say Lord I love you but you betrayed me Peter but Jesus said don't worry you betrayed me you are saying Pastor Leo I messed up and Jesus is saying Peter I'm not talking about you messing up I'm asking you do you love me then Jesus turns to Peter and says yes you betrayed me before but if you love me feed my sheep the church of Jesus Christ is in need of people who will respond to the love that they claim they have if we love the Lord we must be driven to acts of service in our community in our churches and to our family it is not true love when we say we love the Lord and we refuse to feed the sheep we refuse to serve humanity with the gifts you've seen us let's stand to our feet we're gonna pray hallelujah we want to pray this morning and I want you to talk to God maybe you are like me you said Lord I love you Lord I love you but you keep failing God and this morning you want to pray and say Lord shut the love of the father I brought in my heart I need this kind of love that I can love God beyond my failures I can love God beyond my weakness I need God's love to drive me because the agape love of God it drives us unto righteousness I want you to pray right now and talk to God and say father shed your love I brought in my heart Shed your love I brought in my heart this morning. Shed your love I brought in my heart. I want to love like Jesus loved. That he could give us life for mankind. Lord, I want to obey you. But I need your love. Shed your love I brought in my heart. Hey. In the name of Jesus. Lord, let there be heart transplants right now. I pray that the love of the Father will be shed abroad. Fiery, contagious love. That you will not be silent anymore. That you will not hold back anymore. You let the love of God drive you to go down the street and care for your neighbor. To say, walk in forgiveness. It takes the love of God. Father, shed your love abroad in our heart. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. If you are here, you need this kind of love. I want you to run to the altar. And I want you to raise your hand and say, Lord, I need this love in my heart. 
Lord, I'm tired of playing church. I need the love of God. My love has gone cold. I don't even read my Bible. I don't pray anymore. But Lord, I'm coming to your altar. I want you to run to the altar and say, I need the love of the Father. I need your love, Lord. I need your love. Oh, oh, give us your love, Lord. I pray as many as written. The second group of people I want to come to the altar who want to say, I see your love is more than my sins. And your love is able to cover the multitude of my sins. And so today, my day of repentance, I want you to run to the altar and say, Lord, I repent from my sins today. Oh, and then there's a third group of people who said, I see your love. The Bible said, Jesus stretched his hand in compassion and healed them. Today you need healing. If you need healing right now, I want to pray for you. Put your hand where you're feeling the pain or the sickness. In the name of Jesus, I command every spirit of infirmity to leave God's people. You said healing is the bread of the children. So I command miracles. I see God is doing miracles right now. Back pains are disappearing. People with walking disability. God is healing you right now. He's stretching the hand and healing you. He says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I see God is doing miracles for people in the chest region. I see someone, you've had problems with your knee. Begin to check it. God is healing you right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. And begin to thank God as we begin to worship this final song. The altar is open. I'm coming down to pray for a fresh baptism of love from miracles. I'll be praying together with Pastor Steve just for the next 5-10 minutes. And then we want to do the last thing before we go. Waymaker. Let's go. You made it to the end of the message and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.